When I started to research and dive into the Bored Ape story, I have to admit, while the founders of the apes seemed mysterious to me, the more interesting aspect and character was Ryder Rips. I got the sense that he was smart enough and understood the technology behind NFTs and the blockchain enough that he could explain this complex world, but also call bullshit. As I've mined the caverns of the internet for audio, this interview with Ryder was a hidden gem of archival. It was honest and had foresight. And as this story ebbs and flows week to week, I'm sure at some point, I'll bring Ryder on himself for an interview. But here is the archival audio that I found. I think, I think the blockchain, you know, the idea at least of the blockchain in, in theory is that even if, <clears throat> even if IPS was to go down, I mean, there, there is some, I think, I think punks are on chain now. Um, and, and, you know, there are several SVG based artworks on blockchain. So fully chain based stuff, but the idea of I, th I, th I think that's a, that's another element of of the of the advantage and desire for uh, putting art on the blockchain is is this preservation aspect, and I think preservation only really exists if you uh, if you really consider the the token itself as the artwork, because even if the IPFS <clears throat> goes down, even if it's not pinned anymore. Um, the the token will still be on the ethereum blockchain which will denote you know who minted it when they the minted it yeah yeah and and so that's what you're buying don't get confused the blockchain is a powerful tool that can be used for much more than just storing and trading digital money it's like the nuts and bolts of the internet it's a secure unchangeable system that allows people to send and receive information without the need for third-party interference or middlemen. The blockchain is the base layer to a host of potential applications from smart contracts and digital voting systems to cloud storage and micropayments. So just in a sort of tongue-in-cheek, very simple way to provoke that and to, to to kind of state without having a long essay about it, what I, I, I thought was important and cool about blockchain, I reminted CryptoPunk 3100 to basically just show, cause I, cause I was, I, I, I was noticing that people really were, were attaching way too much um, emphasis on the image. And it's, you're not buying the image. Anyone could look at the image for free, <laughs> save it to your desktop. Like you don't need to own it. Like if you just love that image, make it your wallpaper. <laughs> like no one, no one's gonna stop you. Um, and so what you're buying is a token. And so, so I just wanted to kind of <clears throat> drive that point home. So I reminted it under, you know, my own name on foundation. And to my surprise, Larva Labs uh, sent me a DMCA, which is which is very antithetical and contradictory. I feel to uh, the the ethos of the blockchain, which is supposed to be like self governing. I mean, th that's really how Sir Satoshi framed it. Was was you know th this was a uh, a new technology that would free people of <clears throat> bureaucratic oversight where corruption can and does exist. So in that sense, 
of, uh, of respecting self-governance of blockchain, I, I think it's pretty antithetical and sort of a discredit to <clears throat> the purpose of, of these tools to like send DMCAs for NFTs. Here, Ryder mentions Satoshi. And Satoshi has been an ongoing obsession of mine. Satoshi is the name used when people talk about the founding of Bitcoin. The mysterious Satoshi has never been unmasked. Very recently, while researching another project, I found out that it's speculated that Satoshi might be a criminal mastermind named Paul LaRue. LaRue was a notorious computer programmer and businessman who created an empire of illegal activities, including digital piracy, drug trafficking, money laundering, online fraud, hacking, and more. He was charged with numerous federal crimes by the U.S. Department of Justice in 2011. It was the DEA Special Operations Division that brought LaRue down. And he currently is an upper echelon informant for the United States government. When you start to dive deeper into the world that swirls around NFTs, blockchain, and Bitcoin, there are a lot of legitimate businesses. But there's also a level of gangsterism that remains secret. And this will reveal itself as the technology progresses and law enforcement catches up with the scams. Yeah, someone the other day was like, how would you feel if I minted all your work? I said, please, that just helps me. Like it just, it, at the end of the day, if it doesn't have my signature on it and, and you're not selling it as me, which is impossible to do because you don't have my private key so you can't mint from my wallet, it literally just promotes my work. Yeah, I think that's, and that's the thing that I think people don't totally understand that the more you, you copy something, the, the more value you impose on the original because it is the yeah. original. That's, yeah, also, also people say, oh, well, what about like copying uh, a Nike or a Gucci bag or something? It's like, well, that's a physical that like has, has a, <clears throat> has like a, 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 an equal exchange value. Like for instance, it is fungible. So what we're dealing with here is, is an image that literally is infinite. You could have a million copies of it. There's, there's no original. And, and what we're actually selling in selling is a non-fungible token. Something that no matter what, no matter how you parse it, inherently it can't, there's no equivalent. One thing is not the other thing. So your argument is that creating and selling NFTs is an act of art itself and it's transformative enough to get you around takedowns, gets you into fair use category. I don't know how much of this we can actually talk about, but we're getting to the place where board ape owners and people who see you as a feisty and troubling presence on Twitter will start to, to feel threatened. And mm. I think we should go there. So why did you decide to take on the board ape yacht club as a, as a target for your satire? Because I think we should call it that at this point. Because we haven't mentioned that before, well, but... I mean, so, so there's RRBAYC, which is like about two months old now, but then there's just Ryder Rips being uh, an investigative journalist and helping compile research that has been conducted by like a lot of people on Twitter um, and publishing it under gordongoner.com. 
which those those two things uh, have nothing really to do. I mean, okay, did you see what just happened there? Two different personalities doing two different things. There's the artist, that's his job, but then there's this hobby, investigative journalist, and the two are very much not the same. Watch what happens to Ryder when he starts to really get into this and see what you think. Does he really believe what he's telling us? They do have something to do with each other, but one thing didn't like create the other in, in a way. I don't know, but like they're separate. Well, I would, like, I would, like, I would, I would yeah, but, but the notoriety of one led to the success of the true. other. That's true, that's true. But, but Gordon Goner didn't like start off to be a NFT project or anything like that. Um, I, I, I was shocked by what I was finding with the Board API Club uh, and how the lengths that these people went to to uh, to put very subversive fucked up shit and then lie about it to me was alarming and something that I needed as an artist to speak on because it's a field of expertise that I have. I, I'm an expert in internet culture and internet art and I didn't like what these people were doing in terms of their duplicity uh, and lying to people about about the, the hidden meanings and just the nature of their project in general. That is the thing with the apes. Celebrities and their handlers were probably not sophisticated enough to really understand what type of world they were getting involved in. For some reason, owning an ape somehow became cool, trendy, and ahead of the curve. A small minority of people even understand the fundamentals of what was behind the art, the message, and the financials. This story is interesting because it, it keeps evolving and changing and popping up in parts of the media. But it does take someone like Ryder to fully understand what is going on. They've been lying about, you know, the, the, the rights that they're supposedly giving to owners. There are 10 board apes that are identical, except the backgrounds are different colors. So, you know, this whole notion of, of you own these images is let's say shaky at best. Um, and then, you know, all of this like embedding uh, racism, Nazism, to me is unethical if you're not gonna be honest about it. There's nothing wrong with shedding light on any topic, talking about any topic, but you need to be clear with your audience that you're doing that. Otherwise, it's very sketchy as to why you're doing it. So for me, um, also like I had conversations with Guy or Siri early on that were very off-putting uh, in December that made me feel like I needed to pursue this more because I don't like being threatened by people and I don't really understand why someone would threaten someone over monkey JPEGs. Like I thought these were just cartoon monkeys and innocent. But the, the these are these are private conversations with Guy Siri about yeah, he called about me what you were saying. Yeah, he called me on the phone for like two hours. Did you did you know him beforehand? No, no, I didn't know him. But we have but mutual friends. Yeah, mutual friends. Yeah, through them through entertainment, I guess. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, we have mutual friends. And so he gave me a call and it was an off-putting call, to be honest with you. He was <clears throat> speaking in like 
with like vague threats, like I could help you or I could hurt you. You know, like, this, like, do you want to work with me? Do you want to be a good guy? Do you want to be a bad guy? Like this kind of shit. <clears throat> After the call, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, un He's, he asked me to unpin a tweet that I had on my profile. And it was about, you know, exposing Board Ape Yacht Club. So I unpinned it. And then I didn't think anything of it. And then like a week later, he sent me this like voice memo, which I thought was disturbing. <clears throat> Just because I hadn't been thinking about him. And it's obvious that he was thinking about me and that he was sort of like, I don't know, that he like, here's the worst. I never met Guy Osiri, and if I'm being honest, hopefully I will. What always amazes me is the lengths that businessmen go to pursue money and power. I would think at this point, Guy has more money, fame, and power than he knows what to do with. So why bother with an internet artist like Ryder Rips? Why the whole mafia phone call wherein you could be recorded or... Ryder could use it as ammo as he is now. It doesn't add up to me for some reason. He plays me a message from Guy Osiri, and to be honest, there isn't anything in it, just him saying thank you. But there's one detail for Ryder that's clearly stood out. So he was just like thanking me and like using like Judaism, like Shabbat Shalom, to basically be like, thank you for, for being quiet. And, and the same day I found out about like the Gordon Goner anagram, I think and a lot more info came to light. And, you know, the fact that he had, he had been threatening me on the phone and then sent me that voice memo, it seemed very shady. It seemed like something was, was very clearly up. And I <clears throat> am just the kind of person who will pursue something. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't just forget about things and like move on. Like if something is really bothering me, I will, I mean, I can also, I have afforded myself that ability as a as a creative to be able to make money on my own accord and like drop everything potentially to follow a passion that I have. And this was something that I became passionate about and I felt felt a higher calling to pursue. There is a choice to be made. Do you believe Ryder Rips or do you feel once again Ryder is playing a shell game for clout? I'm still on the fence, but I'm sure I'll get my answers. Board Ape Yacht Club in, in a plethora of lies. These people have like, they let the world tell me I'm crazy for pointing out the Kali Yuga. Meanwhile, Wiley Arno's Twitter account bio has the Kali Yuga in it. This is where things get interesting. Wiley Arno, aka Gordon Goner's previous Twitter account was Wiley Adult. Listed location, the Kali Yuga. And one of the big claims on GordonGona.com is that this is a direct reference to an alt-right meme surfing the Kali Yuga, posted on 4chan back in 2014. I know it is dark at times, but you gotta learn to enjoy it, man. Embrace being the bad guy, surf the Kali Yuga. But here's the thing, in Hinduism, the Kali Yuga is the worst of the four Yugas or ages. And before you ask, no, that is not a swastika in the middle. 
and it's believed to be the one we're in right now, the present time, which is full of conflict and sin. What is the period we're in now? Because it seems like it's coming to an end. This is Kali Yuga, man. This is this is some weird shit that was predicted by the Bhagavad Gita. This is, this is like this. Guter Dalarong, Battle of the Gods, yeah. Ragnarok. Tell but, me. But this is what happens in cultures. Like they go through these like these pitches, these ups and downs. But Yuga is also the main antagonist in a Zelda game. A sorcerer who wields a staff that resembles a paintbrush, he's able to turn people into two-dimensional portraits. Like I said at the start, 4chan and meta-irony. It is impossible to know where the truth lies. But if we look back at the Wayback Machine, it does indeed look as though any references to Wiley's old Twitter accounts have been removed, which is a story in itself. And they're lying about saying it's from Zelda, then they double down countlessly about it's from Zelda, it's from Zelda. They, they don't even know what video game console Zelda it's from. If you look at archive.org, the input magazine first listed SNES and then they changed it to 3DS because they, didn't, they themselves didn't even know. They're lying about, they lied about, they said, oh, the April 30th date is something the writer got wrong. The writer didn't get that wrong. I reached out to the writer. The writer, there was fact-checked, and they had plenty of time to correct that if that was something that they, that was wrong. And then meanwhile, they also picked April 30th as the date of the other side. So they're doubling down on their lies. There's no apology. Any normal company would say, those two logos, holy shit, they kind of do look alike. A lot of people see these logos and they see them looking alike. Let's just change it. Instead of doing that, they're calling me crazy, they're calling you crazy, they're calling anyone who sees that crazy, which is now the majority of people, mainstream people, they're calling crazy instead of being sensitive and apologizing. The ADL, they cherry pick statements from a guy who once worked at the ADL who says that some of the traits are racist. They don't acknowledge that, they don't apologize for that. There are thousands of black people who are offended by this shit. They don't apologize to them. They double down. Regardless of what you think their intention are, what their actions today speak volumes in terms of their egregious desire to affect. Have you spoken to them? I've tried to, no, I just spoke to Guy and I've reached out to them. I've tried to speak to them. I want to speak to Wiley. And what would you say to them? What's up with this thing? I just would, I would have a normal conversation. You know what I mean? And they, they won't have that conversation with you. No. In the next episode, we'll go into the lawsuit that is ongoing between Ryder Rips and the Apes or Yuga Labs. A lawsuit that does have merit, but it will require another narrative thread and a whole episode for analysis. Difficult. No, 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 but, but way before that. Yeah. And, and what was the what was the message coming out of Guy series conversation with you over that two hours? Because that's a long time to be talking about stuff. Was there was there an attempt to convince you of the legitimacy? Oh, or I, could, was it just... I could introduce you to Kanye. I could do this for you. I could do that for you. All you have to do is play ball. That was that was the message. And you're you're an idiot. I'm a big guy. You're a little guy. Yeah. So I think the message here is clear. Do your homework. If you are comfortable with, with what you see from Board Ape Yacht Club, then 
good for you. You know, but go in with your eyes open. Right, right. That's another thing is people think I'm like a cancel culture guy. I'm actually like, that's one of my, that's one of the things about blockchain that I think is is very respectable is that it's censorship resistant. I'm I'm not into canceling, but I think if OpenSea is going to censor the the their platform, for instance, they control 95% of the market. And if they're going to censor it, they should do it with an even hand. They should censor, you know, all of these. There's a project now called the Jews. That's like monkeys, you know, dressed up like Jews or something. That one is and, bad. The Saudis. Yeah, 75 ETH in volume and they don't care about that but yet they're 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 taking down conceptual art and they take down a plethora of projects that that just don't agree with their personal views on the world and to me that's antithetical to the blockchain and so is suing someone over their free speech there's countless examples of people who have used BAYC APE and done literal scams Ryder Rips is known as the antithesis of board ape yacht club so you know i i squarely have positioned myself as the opposite of them so for them to say that there's any confusion is flatly a lie absurd and they know that they don't go after the hundreds or maybe thousands of people who have uh, you know, made spin-off projects or literally copied them. Like, for instance, in Tron, there's B-A-Y-C Tron. That's just the exact same thing. And there's no artistic message. There's no recontextualization. There's no provocation. There's no point. They're just, it's just a, they're just making money. Um, and my point is, 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 is them selectively cherry picking who to go after uh, speaks volumes. They're going after me to punish me because I'm speaking out against them. And that's all this is. Maybe what interests me about this story is that in its own way, it's calling bullshit on our current celebrity for celebrity's sake culture, a culture that anoints Kim Kardashian and forgets young men and women doing real work or real artists who struggle through their craft, whatever it is, true talent, true artistry, a pureness that is now lost in our hyper dopamine click for click sake culture. Why are the bored apes even considered art and not just a smart technological Ponzi scheme? Uh, Board Ape Yacht Club, by the way, isn't an art project. It's a membership to a club. That's by their own words. If you go to the, the Board Ape Yacht Club website, that's what it says on the website. So, um, you know, they're selling membership to a club. When people bought the NFTs, the, there was no art attached to it. It was revealed later. And um, the art that is attached to it, uh, I'm questioning whether that's even art. Like it's computer generated through pushing a button and randomizing a bunch of trades. Um, and, you know, it's done through a corporate entity and it, it's done with without heart and soul. And uh, it's done for the purpose of, of creating a club and for the purpose of uh, pure, purely economic reasons. Um, I believe that there's a lot of subtext behind it that, that is questionable and and fucked up, especially when you start understanding the intelligence of the people who made it and, um, you know, their backgrounds as uh, literary geniuses. So they understand very clearly uh, 
writing devices, you know, writing mechanics in terms of symbolism and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think illuminating these issues, bringing to light uh, the aspects of society right now that that are uh, driven by uh, celebrity culture, which is how Board Ape Yacht Club has been propped up is through uh, paying celebrities, getting celebrities to endorse these products um, in one way or another, and, and how like the new gods of society are celebrities. And, you know, Board Ape Yacht Club uh, uses marketing in, the, in that sense. Ryder Grips Board Ape Yacht Club uses education and, uh, and conceptual art to spread its message. We don't have influencers or anything like that. So um, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of elements of uh, RRBAYC that uh, are you know that, that relate to other work that I've done. I'm a huge fan of appropriation art in general. I think uh, shining a mirror to society is is a is a one of the most powerful ways to explain society to itself. And I think Warhol did that best with you know pop art just showing a Campbell soup can, just showing a picture of Marilyn Monroe, you know, just showing, you know, Mao, just showing the world uh, itself back to it uh, in a new context helps you see it very clearly.